Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Glad everybody was able to make it safely. Anybody have any trouble? Any ice? We uh, we pulled out of the driveway there and um, just was fishtailing. Wasn't even trying to, just hitting the gas just regularly. Um, I'm used to driving my Ranger where if you get in the Ranger, no matter what you do, you can't spin in that thing. <laughs> ain't got no power or something. It just won't do it. It'll be snowy, icy, whatever. You can hit the gas. It ain't going to spin. It ain't going to do nothing. But um, it's uh, it's very good to be here. Glad that we're uh, all able to assemble together. And I'm certainly glad that um, the Daniel Fast is coming to a close. I, I'm, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for that to be over because, you know, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And I feel like this year, it's like the first year um, that I've been able to really focus in and allow myself to get closer to God, not just worry about like what I can't have, what I can't eat, you know, longing for the end of the fast where I just, oh, I can't wait to have pizza or something, you know, something delicious. But this year it's been completely different, and I thank God for this new experience and this new uh, light of it, just having a moment of getting closer to God. And, and what a great song to end it on, that last song, man. It was just a beautiful, beautiful song about getting closer and having your heart be changed. And that's kind of what we've been talking about in this new sermon series, Expectancy. Um, Pastor Ben, for those of you who don't know, coined a term for this year. It's um, excellence, and we want to be excellent in everything we do in 2019 as a church. We just want to have excellence. We just want to be able to serve God uh, to everything with all of our ability and just to an excellent ability and and uh, so we've been working towards that. We've been making plans and, and, and getting things going. And we're just asking you as a church, if you're serving, if you're doing something, just do it in excellence and just, you know, allow God to, to really work through you. Uh, let's take just a quick moment for those who weren't able to be here just to recap last week's sermon just really quickly. Um, last week we talked about expecting to mess things up. And uh, we talked about Peter and his denial. He was um, in a moment, he felt arrogant, he felt prideful. He's like, I've been walking around with Jesus for three years, so when Jesus told him that he was going to deny him, he's like, there's no way I'm going to mess up. There's no way. So we warned against being so arrogant and so complacent and so um, you know, prideful that you don't think that you can mess up, that you don't think that you'll go that far. Um, so we warned against that, and we talked about how that happens. We do get complacent. And Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride goes before destruction and uh, arrogance before a fall. So those are the things that we have to watch for when we start to get, you know, complacent, prideful, arrogant. We start to worry about that. And then we also talked about the prodigal son, how he became complacent, and how he exemplified a lot of the same qualities and traits that Peter did before his fall. Um, and so um, we warned against, um, you know, being complacent, you know, wanting things when you want it, wanting your way, having your will, those types of things. And then point number three well, we talked about uh, what do we do when we have messed up again. How do we go about it? Where, how do we start? And we talked about how both Peter and the prodigal son both had moments of clarity, moments where they came to their senses. And they had these moments, and they had um, you know, the ability to come to their senses and realize that they've messed up. And then you move into a place of repentance where the prodigal comes back, and he says, hey, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I've messed up again. You know, he was repentful, and Peter felt his sin. He felt the weight of it for a time. He didn't allow it to bog him down, burden him so much, but he allowed it to get him to a place of repentance, a place where he could feel like God is going to forgive him and uh, how important that is in our life. And we also 
discussed what causes us to mess up so often. And what causes us to mess up so often was in Mark 7, 20 through 23. I'll just read a little bit of it. As is Jesus talking, he says, It is what comes from inside that defiles you, for from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, all kinds of these different sins. From your heart comes those sins. And we talked about how we need to renew our heart. We need to um, allow God to change us from the inside out and exemplify that and, and through our heart and through our actions. Now this week we'll be covering expecting God to change your name. Expecting God to change your name um, is we're going to talk about, you know, what are you known by? How have you been known in the past? Does your reputation precede you now? Like when someone says Lathan Davis, do people think, well, I know Lathan Davis. He used to act like this. Or when someone says D, I know about D. I, I've hung around D. I know about him. He's, you know, he, we know about D, right? So we, you know what I'm talking about, that kind of thing. Will, will we ever get to a place to where our reputation won't precede us, where it won't be a bad thing, where we can go like, Pastor Ben was talking about the pastor from Ashland, Pastor Mike. How awesome of a testimony and how awesome of a life that you could live to where you're impacting people not only in your county, but you're impacting people outside of the county where people were saying, man, he was a really good person. He did great things. His reputation precedes him. His legacy lives on through the good things and awesome things that he did. But can we get to a point to where our past, if it's storied, if it's bad, can we get to a place to where it's not like that anymore? So um, we'll talk about that. We'll look at our theme verse, and then we'll jump in. And I won't have you guys stand today. We'll just, we'll sit. Um, the Bible verse is Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27, and it goes like this. And I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another, another beautiful day. There's snow and ice and it's cold. And, but God, I just, I'm always in awe of the amazing things that you're able to do just with nature and just with the weather and, and how it's so beautiful every season, the rain and, and the storms and everything that you do, God, is just so beautiful. And we're so thankful, God, that we live in a place where we get to see the different seasons and see the different weather um, things. And we, we just love you so much. We, we ask today, God, that you would um, help us to grow in your love and help us to understand exactly what we should do in order to allow our past not to be a burden to us, but allow it to be something that we could use as a testimony, as something that we could help others with. Um, we love you, God. We thank you for your, your wonderful blessings, and we're expecting you to do amazing things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My first point is, um, call me Abraham. You ever, guys, anybody read Moby Dick or anything like that? It starts off, call me Ishmael. Nobody, nobody read that? Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> nobody's read it. Um, so, I, I want to take you to a place in the Old Testament, to Genesis, um, where we meet a man named Abram, and uh, Abram is an upright guy. He's a good dude. He's a he's a good person. He has you know plenty of land. He has animals, but Abram is also known as this 99 year old man who doesn't have any heirs to his things. He doesn't have any heir to take over his lands, his animals. He doesn't have an heir. 
He doesn't have a son. He doesn't have someone that can take on the family business when he dies. He doesn't have that. And in the, he grew, he's in a time where, you know, having those things is the equivalent to us having, like, nice houses, the good job, the fancy car. Um, he lives in that kind of a, you know, era. So not having many kids is kind of a taboo. So we meet him in Genesis, and we'll just read just a little bit of his story. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. <laughs> so imagine, I mean, being 99 years old, not having a single son. So I can imagine, you know, Abraham, he's also this man of just great faith. But I can, I can imagine in his mind, he's thinking, you know, that sounds really cool. I, I'm actually really excited about this, God. I want to have sons. I want to have, you know, I want to be the father of many nations. I want to have kings come from my lineage, but, but there's a couple of problems that I'm seeing. I don't have, you know, I don't have any sons to begin with. And then also I'm 99 years old, so, like, it's not really, you know, working like that. You know, so, like, at 99, you're not going to have that many kids probably. So he's thinking, you know, imagine the doubt. Imagine the different things that are going through his mind. Um, you, you can almost hear the talks of the other people. You know, yeah, he has all the land, he has all the animals, but he don't have any, he has to hire servants to work the land. He don't have an heir, he don't have what he needs, you know, you can hear those talks. And then he begins to walk around because he's this man of great faith, so he takes God for his word, that he is going to be the father of many nations. And so he takes him for his word. I can imagine Abram walking around being like, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to be the father of many nations. And people hearing him say this and say, this, this old man's lost his mind. <laughs> He's not going to be the father of many nations. He don't even have any sons to begin with. How is he going to do that? How is kings going to come from his lineage? And just all the different doubt and the things that could have been going into his mind because his reputation of being childless precedes him, his reputation of his past. But God comes in changes his name. He changes his life. He changes his lineage. He gives him a new name. He says, your name's Abraham now. It's not Abram anymore. Sure, Abram had no kids, but now your name's Abraham, and you're going to have kids. He changed his life. He changed his lineage. He goes on. Um, his lineage comes the greatest kings of the Bible, David, Solomon. Not only that, but Jesus comes from that same lineage, that same lineage from Abraham. So you have this amazing legacy that he leaves just by being extremely faithful, allowing God to change his name where he's at and change his future. The second story I want to take you to is in the New Testament, and it's about a man named Saul. Um, and we'll read just a little bit of his story. Meanwhile, Saul sorry, was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. 
As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So here we have Saul. He's uttering these different threats, and he's blinded by this light. And Acts chapter 9 actually says that he's blinded, like he can't see. And so he has to be led into Damascus, and he, when he's led into Damascus, he goes to a man's house named Judas, and he's in the house, and he's frightened. He's probably scared to death. I can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> actually, I have a story, um, and you guys are not allowed to laugh at this. Albie thinks this is really funny, but I don't think it's that funny. Um, there was one night, every night I go to sleep, I go to sleep to Frasier. Okay, I listen to Frasier. I have to. I just love it. I love Frasier. I've watched it so many times, in fact, that um, Pastor Ben sent me like a screenshot. He was watching Frasier. He sent it to me and said, you know, said something. And from that picture, I was able to know exactly what was happening. Like the, the episode name was Taking Liberties. I, I remember, I, I know the names of the episodes. Like I'm, I'm really into Frasier, okay? If you need any trivia about Frasier, come find me. I've got you. But I just love it. I can't help it. And uh, it's just, and so anyway, I listen to every night. So it's never completely dark in my room. Like, it's just never completely dark. And so I went to sleep that night. All is well, right? Frazier's on. All is good. I wake up in the middle of the night. It's still dark outside. And I wake up, and I just, I can't see nothing. It's pitch black. And so you know how you are when you first wake up. You know, your mind's not working quite right. It's not working properly. So in my mind, I open my eyes. It's completely black. It's never dark in my room, but it's completely black, and I'm starting to squint, and I'm trying to I can't see. So I start to get scared, so I jump up out of bed, and I'm like, sweetie, I can't see. I, I'm blind or something. She's like, would you shut up? The electric's off. So the electric, don't laugh. That's not funny because you don't know. I felt like I was blind for a minute. I just... I couldn't see nothing, man. And my, oh my gosh, I lay back down. I'm sitting there. I'm just, my heart's racing. I, I'm just sweating. I'm like, oh God, thank you. And I thank God for at least a good 30 minutes just for my eyesight alone, man. I was so ecstatic about not being blind. I was like, oh gosh. So this, th <laughs> you know, so and I get mad when she tells that story. She's going to be, don't tell her I told you guys. But anyway, so, you know. I imagine Saul's pretty pretty scared in this time. I imagine he's pleading with God, please give me back my sight, give me back my sight. I won't, I won't persecute you, I won't persecute your people, I won't do this. Just just help me to, to see again. And and just he's having these just a terrible fear, I can only imagine. So he's not only breathing threats against those who claim to be Christians, he he literally is is enchain, like enslaving them and he's putting them in jail. And, and then Jesus, while he is praying, to him speaks to a man named Ananias. And he says this, Go over to Straight Street, the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying for, to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. And I just had a really interesting thought that I'd never had before. Um, he says that Saul was praying to him just in that moment. Has anybody ever wondered, like, how in the world does God hear me and hear Pastor Ben and hear everybody else that's praying all at the same time? Like, how does he, how is that even going to work? Like, we know that God is God and he does amazing things, but that seems kind of crazy. Like, whenever I hear everybody praying together, I just hear, and then you hear, 
you know, other people get louder than others, and then there's other people, and then you just hear murmurs, and like, how does God decipher what's actually happening in that moment? It's interesting to see in the scripture that he's not only hearing Paul pray to him, and, and you'll see later that he's giving him a vision, but he's also talking to Ananias and having a conversation with Ananias. So he's able to do both things. He's able to hear you, hear this person, hear this person, and not only hear you, but act and do amazing things and, 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 and give visions and, and give prophecies and give different things all at the same time because our God is crazy awesome and he can do amazing things. So if you've ever wondered that, there's, a, there's an instance where that is uh, in the Bible. And he says, um, go, to, you know, go to the man for Tarsus. He's praying to me right now. I've given him a vision that someone's going to come in, lay hands on him, and he's going to be able to see again. And Ananias, he says, but Lord, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by leading priests to arrest everyone who calls you by your name, who calls you Jesus. But the Lord said, go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as the people of Israel. I mean, think about this. Think about you being in your prayer closet, wherever that may be. I tend to pray most in my truck and in my office. That's where most of my prayer time comes in, uh, to and from wherever I'm going. And then in my office, between assessments, I, I would like to get some prayer in and do some reading or whatever. Wherever you pray most, imagine you're there, and God comes to you in a vision and says, listen, I need you to go to the airport and to buy a ticket. I need you to get this ticket and go to the Middle East and find a man named Baghdadi, okay? And when you find him, I need you to heal him, okay? And he's going to be my new instrument to take my message and my gospel to the Middle East. Now, does anybody know who this man is? He is the leader of ISIS, okay? And he's well known for murdering Christians, for killing people who don't believe the same way that he believes. Imagine God comes to you and says, go heal this man. Go heal him. You know, we, I, he's going to be my new instrument to, to, take my, to take my message. What would you say to God in that moment? Would you be like, sure, let's do it. Let's go find him. It's going to be great. Probably not. <laughs> You'd probably be exactly like Ananias, thinking there's no way his reputation precedes him. I know better. This man kills people. He has them executed. You know, he, he shoots them. He beheads them. He tortures them. He, he, he just, everything that you can think of to Christians, there's no way, God, that I'm going to go and lay hands on a man that wants to kill me. I just, I'm not doing it. That, at least that's what we would say today. We would think that it was Satan talking to us or something. We, you know, even in this time where God is really extremely active and giving visions and doing these different things, you know, we're seeing, but even still, Ananias is like, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's, that's too much. You're going a little too far. Paul's reputation precedes him. Saul's reputation. So Saul becomes Paul. After he listens to God, Ananias goes. He goes to the house of Judas. He walks in. He lays hands on Saul. And then the scales fall off his eyes. And he gives his life to Jesus. He starts doing amazing things for God. He starts doing these different things. Um, living for Jesus, um, not persecuting him anymore. He changes his ways, but still his reputation is there. Still the things that Saul used to do is there. The things that um, he, he used to imprison people, like we talked about. He used to do these different things. So all these things are still there, 
And the next place I want to take you is to Acts 22. And this is Paul talking to Jesus. He's having a moment with Jesus. Um, he says, After I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, Hurry, leave Jerusalem, for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. <laughs> and, and Paul's like, duh, you know, like, hey, but Lord, I argued the only, I mean, every single synagogue from here to there, everywhere, knows what I've done. They know I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you, and I was in complete agreement when your witness Stephen was killed. I stood and kept the coats they took off when they were stoning him. But the Lord said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. He said, just go. I know what you did. I know what you've done. They know what you've done, but I have a new thing that I'm doing. I have this new idea. I have this new name for you. I've, I've called you Paul now, and, and your life is going to change. Your past don't matter as much anymore. It's not going to mean that much because I have you. I have changed your name. I can change you. <laughs> I mean, I can just imagine just Paul. I can just only imagine just that doubt, that that moment of just saying they're never going to listen to me they're they're not going to hear me they're just going to see me for who i used to be if i tell them i'm a christian they're going to laugh me out of the synagogues they're going to laugh me out of the churches they're not going to hear my testimony for what it is they're just going to see a person who used to take their family who used to take their friends who used to do these different things they're not going to listen to me so to you, I ask you, what kind of life have you lived? What kind of legacy have you lived so far? What kind of, of, of name do you have? What, what do people think when they think of Dusty? What do they think when they think of Greg or, or Howie? What, 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 what is said about you when you're not around? What kind of reputation have you built for yourself? Paul is convinced I, nobody will listen to me. If I tell them I'm a Christian, they're just going to laugh at me. Are you glad that you serve a God who doesn't care about your past? A God who, who, who can change your name now and start doing things now to make your future way better, that can change everything about you? Aren't you glad that you serve a God that's like that, that cares enough about you, that does amazing things for you? You know, we all serve that God. I'm so glad. And I think a lot about uh, ben, uh, we think ben Collier here, you know. Ben Collier, uh, before being a Christian, Ben Collier was a, a, a good man. I heard stories of his generosity towards people. Greg's told me stories of his generosity before he was even a Christian. And, and um, I, he was a hard worker. You know, he's known as all these things. But also, Ben has stood in the pulpit and said, I was an alcoholic. And I drank too much. And, and I would spend my paycheck at bars buying alcohol for other people so that they'd like me. And and I was doing all these different things, and, and he, he's a self-proclaimed alcoholic. But God said, listen, I don't care what you've done, because I can imagine whenever you know, God came to Pastor Ben and said, hey, I want you to go and preach to Lewis County. <laughs> I can imagine that moment of just like Paul. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to hear me. They're going to see old drunken Ben. They're going to see old things that I used to do. They're not going to hear me. But God said, I don't care about that. I have a new name. I'm going to call you Pastor Ben. Not just Ben Collier. You're going to be Pastor Ben Collier. And then I'm going to give you a platform to reach your city. And I'm going to give you a platform to reach the surrounding cities and, and the county and the surrounding counties. And I'm going to give you 
uh, you know, uh, 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 and in, into people's lives to where you can impact them and show them generosity and show them love and show them, you know, how to care for others and how to be just like you, giving and caring and loving and wants to teach and lead and do amazing things for his county, not just his county, but his state. If you've seen his Facebook in the past couple weeks, he's been doing all these different things to make sure that we have a responsible workforce and things that our workforce stays strong in Kentucky. And I'm proud to call Pastor Ben my pastor because he does amazing things and you're an amazing person. And I want to be like him. I do. And we should all strive to be like our pastor. But before that, he didn't have the greatest past. He didn't have the greatest story. But man, <laughs> are you glad that you serve a God who didn't care? Are you glad that now we have a pastor who's reached people in this room, who's ministered to every one of us, who's helped every one of us, who's given us a kind word, who's done amazing things for us? That's amazing. God did not care. He gave him a new name. He said, you're Pastor Ben, and you're going to love your community, and you're going to love your people, you're going to love your church. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. So don't think about the past. And what Pastor Ben was saying earlier in Isaiah 43, 18, it's kind of weird that he mentioned this because it was in my sermon notes, but it says, forget the former things. Forget the former things. Do not dwell upon the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? I'm doing this new thing. Don't, don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the things that are bogging you down now, okay? Just don't worry about that. Focus on the now. Focus on the things that you can do right now. Because guess what? You can never change the past. We can't go back. It's 1224. We can't go back to 1223 and change what we did then or what I said. I may have said something stupid at 1223. <laughs> I can't go back and change that. It's, it's, an, it's just out there. It's done. You can't change the past. But what you can do is you can do things right now. You can allow God to change you right now. That way the future paints a different story and it paints a different picture than the past. Your past does not have to precede you forever. Sure, people will always remember. There will always be that one person who's like, yeah, but I remember what they used to be like. But that doesn't matter because God has given you a new name. He's given you a new calling. He's given you a new purpose. He's given you new things in your life. He said, I'm doing this new thing. Don't you perceive it? Can't you tell? And God wants to change you. He wants you to know that it doesn't matter, that he can still use you, he can still do amazing things in your life. And you can make decisions now that will change you through worship. You can do it through worship. Just in that moment of that, that last song, man, I just tears were in my eyes, and I just wanted to praise because God is so amazing to me, and he deserves my worship. He deserves everything about me because I wasn't the best person either. But, I, you know, I, I just, but God has changed me. He gave me a new name. He gave me a new future, a new hope, a new you just new things are happening. It's not old, dusty anymore. It's new. Do the things necessary right now to allow God to change you. And Leslie, could you come and just sing a little bit of that song? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't ask her to do this, but I just that song is so beautiful, and, and it's such it has a great message to it. And if we could just really just open up and just hear the words, hear the lyrics, hear the beauty of this song and just allow God to just change us from our heart because as we said earlier the heart is the issue our heart is the problem we have a heart issue guys and if we allow God into us and to change our spirit to change our thoughts to change what we're doing right now our future can be so much brighter than our past we don't have to live according to our past anymore ain't that awesome 
Can I get an amen on that? Ain't that awesome? It's so fantastic that we don't have to live according to our past. We don't have to, He doesn't deal with us like He should. It's amazing that He gives us that grace. And as she sings this song, just, just close your eyes. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand. Just close your eyes like she said earlier. And just allow God to enter in. And just sing if you know it. If you don't know it, just listen. Just close your eyes and allow God to truly impact you in this moment. change in your life. I'm desperate that God would impact me and change my life. And I want that to happen for me. I want that to happen for you guys. I want it to happen for my youth group. I want it to happen for the children's church. I want from the top to the bottom, I want everybody's life to truly change for the better. I want God to impact us. And I want 2019 to be a year that we look back on and say, man, that was the year. <laughs> was the year that God really impacted me and that he truly changed my life that was the year that things started changing that my that my old name fell away and that my new name came and and my new future came and uh, this is the year man this is that year and this is that moment you can look back to so if you'll bow your head I'm sorry. it says here in in scripture that Dusty read about that the way for Saul to become Paul was to be prayed for and to be anointed and in the New Testament there's multiple multiple places it talks about the 
in Hebrews it talks about uh, laying on of hands and in James it talks about laying on of hands and anointing people with oil and if if you feel like your past is what's holding you back and you want a future that you throw your fears into the wind like the song says I, I, I want Pastor Dusty to pray for people here today if you, if you want specific prayer and it could be to where man this one thing is just holding me back and I'm ready to give my fears to the wind I'm ready to throw that away and go for God I want you to come up here and stand and I want Pastor Dusty to come and pray and anoint you with oil because it's scriptural it says it in the Bible that the that, uh, effectual fervent prayer of the righteous it saves the sick I believe that. James is true. And that was Jesus' brother saying, man, if you got some stuff going on, call for the elders of the church and let them pray for you because it'll change things. And Val was just telling her the other day about how that sometimes she reads her Bible and has a hard time understanding some things in it. That there's spiritual blinders on, right? That there's something holds you back. I believe anointing people with oil will cause those blinders to fall off just like it did for Saul. And if you want to go from Saul to Paul, I want you to come up here. And I, There's multiple people here today, and I, I would be thrilled if everybody here would come forward today because we all need prayer. Amen. I'm going to let him pray for me. I, I'm not beyond that. Just because I'm the pastor don't mean I don't, I don't need any prayer. I'm going to let Pastor Dusty pray for me. So I challenge you to come up here and stand in a line, and let's just sing, and we'll let Pastor Dusty pray for us, that he'll anoint us with oil that we want to change life, that we want to be undone the way that it says here.
so grateful. So grateful that God has given me an amazing church family. People who is not only just people that I see on Sunday, but man, I feel like I have a connection with each one of you. And I feel like God has truly given us an amazing relationship to where we love each other and that we care for one another and that we can build upon one another and that we can help and serve and do things together. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm thankful that he just allows us to put our past in the past and look towards the future, a new hope. And I love you guys very much. I do. And uh, I just want to say that, uh, you know, bless you. And may God have you live. Just have a great week. And I'll see you next Sunday. I love you guys. Love God. Love people. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.